Hi, this is Jordan. And I'm Brian. And you're listening to The Quality Varies. Dungeons and Dragons. My man. That's going to be my new sign-on. I, sh- I hope everybody likes it, because it's not going away. I, I don't. <laughs> you know what? Negativity feeds the algorithm more than positivity, so that's good. The algorithm for podcasts is a very weird one. Uh, yeah, you got me there. I feel I feel the need more and more every time we uh, we do one of these to make it obvious up front that this is a D&D specific episode of the show. Disclaimer. I uh, I won't make any claims on what will happen to the viewership. I'm just uh just telling people what's going on. Being up front. For uh, the next uh the next two episodes will uh, will not be D&D related, so if this isn't your jam, catch us on catch us on those two. Uh, for sure. And we got a we got a nice spicy serious topic coming in January, mm-hmm. but uh, but today is all about imagination. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Jordan. I keep clearing my throat. I should have drank more water today. You should have. How dare you not think about this recording mm-hmm. and I drink your more water than I intake? Do. How much water do you drink? At least two water bottles. Not an expert. Not not like but. not like those water bottles you have. Like at least. 1.5 times that much, times two. That's better. D&D 5e, mm. Wizards of the Coast, yes. November and December, uh, maybe October and December, I can't remember. They came out with two new books. Yes, they did. Both of them, uh, I don't think you care about. Uh, I uh, can't think of anything in either of these that's seem in your wheelhouse. Mm. Yes. My name is Brian. We must have just met. <laughs> okay. Fizzbands. What's it called? I have it in front of me. Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. Uh, this book was announced several months ago, uh, quite a long time ago, and I had been looking forward to it for the entire time. Uh, I love dragons. Always have, probably always will. You know this. I don't think I've made a, a character that hasn't worshipped Bahamut, the dragon god. Yeah. Did not. Uh, did not notice the correlation. Mm. You can yeah. tell I'm a super per- perceptive uh, dungeon master. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, most of the characters were like kind of, uh, how would you say this, like non, like undevout or like uh, kind gotcha. of, yeah, kind of lukewarm towards religiosity, I guess. But yeah, it's just always there in my head. It's that's what counts. Mm hmm. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go over Fizzbands and then Strixhaven just came out I think last week, a uh, week week ago week it and was, a half ago yeah it was more recent mm-hmm. and so we're gonna go over we're gonna go over that one as well fully up front we're gonna be spending most of our time in Fizzbands yes as for different reasons mm. um, it is yeah uh, no bias at all it, none no bias at all it has a lot of cool stuff for both. Brian in his perspective as a as a player and then my perspective as a as a DM. So where do you where do you want to start, Brian? What I mean, is there anything that just was there anything that just floored you? You cheat and you look at Unearthed Arcana all the time. That's not cheating. That is cheating. So cheating. what it was it's just playtesting. What what oh gosh. How much how much new stuff was there a good amount of like things that had not shown up in Unearthed Arcana that did show up in this book? I don't know, really know how it works. Um, so Unearthed Arcana is character stuff. So in that sense, yes, all of 
Yes, all of the character stuff in Fizzbands was was first introduced in Unearthed Arcana. I don't, okay. I can't think of any major changes to anything, but uh, the the two subclasses, the handful of spells, and the three feats were all introduced in Unearthed Arcana. Uh, the magic items weren't, so the magic items were all new. Yeah, so that's everything that I had already known about from UA, as the kids call it. So was there anything, um, I guess, from the entire experience uh, as you were following uh, Unearthed Arcana and then anything that showed up in this book, was there anything that just floored you right off the bat? Yes. Uh, the, on the very first page, there's a poem. Uh, oh, yeah. That yeah. poem kicks But Let's see. i got to choose my words carefully here. I was heavily inspired by that poem in relation to uh, my my game that I'm running for you guys. Yeah. It didn't actually change a whole lot. On the front end of the story, if that, like, uh, yeah, like the, the face of the story is still the same, but, like, the, the backstory of the story did change a little. Not a ton, but... Um, that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. as a... I think... I think you have to try to build the campaign to to for that to kind of resonate. Like that's the story I make is you kind of have to try building a campaign for kind of what you're saying to resonate. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's always like what I have in my head that I know is never really going to get to the players. Yeah. But it's still, yeah. it's still on my mind when I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm continuing to develop it and, and yeah, just those themes and, and those inspirations and, mm -hmm. It gives you it get well it it gives me like a like a formula and like a mechanism to like run everything through as I'm yeah. writing the story. Looking at some authors, Brandon Sanderson, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. they are a little bit more open with works that inspired them, mm -hmm. and and maybe things that specific things that like that was the origin of what eventually became you know X thing in their book. Mm -hmm. Which I find immensely helpful, but it's oh, also yeah. crazy to see like that was not at all like that is not at all similar, or that's completely different than what the way you have in your in your book. Mm -hmm. But that's what happens is it like it's the beginning of a thought, and yeah. everybody's so yeah, and especially something like this like it was, it's a bomb, mm -hmm. it's a bomb piece of work in the beginning. Yeah, typically I don't really like poetry, but this there's just something like moving about the story that it tells. Like, so I had, I kind of had poetry ruined for me in second grade because we spent like three months studying, reading and writing poetry. And I was like, I told my teacher like a month into it. I'm like, I'm over this teacher. This, I'm, this sucks. I don't like poetry because yeah. <laughs> it was like little kid poetry that was just like rhyming or like describing the seasons or something lame. And I was just over it. But uh, in my uh, all of my adult wisdom, the, the mode of storytelling in poetry is very emotional and moving, I think. And uh, I just, it really uh, resonated with that part of me when I read this, uh, what's it called? It's like the ode, the ode to the first world or something. Elegy for the first yeah, world? Yeah, yeah, Elegy of the First World, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. If this one moved you, Brian, I would. I I wanted. I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to grab your phone, and I want you to read aloud what I just sent you. Oh boy. I uh, I did this. Uh, I did this a couple weeks ago. Did you text it to me? I had, I had some. Uh, I had some spare time at the DMV. Oh wow! A couple weeks ago, and uh, came up with this little gem. If you want to read it aloud to the to the audience. Okay, I've been at the DMV all morning. Nope, not that morning. I've been working on a little piece. Let me know your thoughts. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best impression of a uh, of like a poetry reading night at like a coffee house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all is forgotten. The line is my life. Passion has fallen. The line is my life. Love is now. <laughs> Love is now run. The line is my life. I was born in this line. I will die in this line. The line is my life. <laughs> Music and laughter is wrecked. All there is is the woman saying next. Finally, it's my turn. But with dread, but with dread, window closed. What a burn. <laughs> I live for this line. I will die for this line. The line is my life. <laughs> oh, that was... Uh, it really moved me to something. Yep. Now, oh, so I understand this, uh, this elegy might be, you know, might be powerful, but I'm just saying, if that doesn't give some inspiration <laughs> for your uh, campaign... I'm sure I could work it in somehow. Yeah, I expect it. <sighs> All right, anyways... How do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about Fizban? How do you feel about all the dialogue? So there's a ton Dude, of dialogue love, uh, boxes. Yeah, yeah, I love Fizban. I believe Fizban is a character in the Dragonlance novels, like oh, okay, kind of a supporting side character that's not really present the whole time. Yeah, but uh, I'd go read those books just from these little blurbs from him in this book. Yeah, he's hilarious. So can you kind of if if that's kind of where the relation like the personality is developed maybe neither of us have the answer but i guess i'm confused on like what because fizzband is a spoilers so fizzband is a manifestation of bahamut right yeah he's an avatar in the hindu sense of uh like a god has a, a human avatar yeah basically it's just bahamut in human form and he takes the form of this uh old this old kooky dude so, do, is this Bahamut's personality just, like, reflected in Fizban, or does Fizban have a different personality than Bahamut? No, Fizban is, like, uh, like an aspect, like, okay. a so caricature like a... of an aspect of Bahamut, like... Oh, okay, so, like, one personality trait at the just, just exact, like, very... Yeah, turned all the way up to 11, basically. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. So, like, all of okay. this, like, uh... The uh, sentiment, the sentimentality, and the uh, like, the kookiness that all exists within Bahamut. But when he takes the form of Fizban, uh, the what it, these like, character traits just get highlighted. I guess. Gotcha. Okay, that ma- that actually makes sense. Okay, that's a much better answer. I didn't know what answer I was going to get, and that's hmm. that's much better than <laughs> what I thought was going to what gotcha. you were going to tell me. Because uh, I I love the blurbs that that yeah. he gives um, so especially the 
Um, I, I didn't mark what page it was on, but his blurb on Bahamut, like the aspect of Bahamut, mm-hmm. I think it says like, um, I think, uh, like, I think Bahamut has done the most to like prepare for, you know, anything that he might do. And he's also the richest and he's also the best uh, dragon mm-hmm. and he's also just the bestest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like super, super coy, but yeah. I just not original at all, but I, st- I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. There was a, uh, there was one that he was throwing shade at Tiamat, like hardcore. Yeah, um, he was like, "Man, Tiamat spent forever trying to like create the black dragon. She spent the longest time trying to create the black dragon, and boy, did I give her all kinds of notes, tweaks, uh, <laughs> all kinds of critiques, and everything." But uh, sometimes when a project is due, it's just due. <laughs> like yeah, you're just like slamming black dragons yeah. and like Tiamat sucks. It sucked at creating them, and that's amazing. Uh, well, and especially like so, like page nineteen, the one of the one of the initial or one of the first couple blurbs is like I'm, it says I'm less guarded with my spells than I am with my recipes. Magic shared is soon improved, but when it comes to my pudding, well, you can't fix perfect. Yeah, you can't fix perfection. Yeah, yeah. It's like just like personality. It's like I did not. When you said you uh, you worship your character worshipped Bahamut, this is not the personality of your god that I uh, right. that I had in my head. Yeah. I was like, I need to redo uh, some of my world building if this is what Bahamut is. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, it talks about it in the book a lot that uh, he does take different forms. Like Fizban is just like one form that he mm-hmm. takes in this one world in the multiverse, which. This book does an amazing job at like tying together all of the D and D like worlds together. Like I read yeah. a lot of the uh, Forgotten Realms books with Drizzt uh, in middle school. Uh, oh, with, I didn't know that. That's I cool. didn't even know that was D and D at the time, actually. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, really didn't. I just liked the uh, the cool edgy dark elf. Yeah. Um, but that it like tied it. Tied that in with Dragonlance and Magic the Gathering and a bunch of different uh, wizards' properties. So, but there's Bahamut takes different forms of like different people. And the book talks about a lot of times he has uh, seven gold canaries follow him around that represent the seven gold dragons in his, in his like celestial court, uh, whatever. Yeah. Which is just awesome flavor, I think. Um, yeah, and I know you had uh, referenced that in uh, in your game when my character died and was being resurrected. That was a cool. That was a cool reference. It was it was cool to just like go do that research and just see how much they're like. Bahamut is a pretty established god and and a very popular one for the community, and so there's just a lot of community stuff the wiki page just goes on and on and on mm-hmm. um so yeah it was just it was just cool to dive into that and and just have my notepad next to me and just like naturally like when i would be reading something be like yeah that's that's sick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just like i'm right like yeah that's gonna get included in some way shape or form yeah so, yeah so the one of, so one of the first things that i noticed were the uh, the items mm-hmm. that they suggest yeah, which one? Uh, which one stuck out to you the most, bro? I I I never make any claims to be like as 
like as mechanically optimal and balance aware uh-huh. as maybe you or, or some of our other players in our games. Mm-hmm. But these items seem crazy. Yeah, dude. A couple <laughs> of them are just cracked. Yeah. The uh, so like Dragonlance, very niche scenario. Yeah, but uh, it's a plus. It's a plus three. Yeah. To attack and damage rolls, which would put it at probably a very rare. I think that's a very rare. Yeah. Three d six force uh, force damage to a dragon, which I'm actually familiar with because I I was using some of those stats based off of other weapons that already existed for the the weapon that you currently have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't a surprise at all. And then I and then the next sentence is like <laughs> any dragon of your choice, you can see within thirty feet of you can immediately. Which again multiple dragons fitting within 30 feet of you mm-hmm. that's that's a very cramped a uh, space yeah, yeah. but still like if you got if you have two ancient dragons or these like ancient great worms or something mm-hmm. that are just at each of your sides and both of them can do their you know can do their thing mm-hmm. as well um that's another that's another 50 damage easily yeah. um even if it's just a bite attack mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's crazy I, I didn't write any of them down in specific, but uh, I'm just going through them real quick. Flail of Tiamat, mm, which yeah. it, it just, I don't, this is where I start to doubt, like, how how would I ever get this and think that it's balanced? Because I would look at, like, some of these other things that are labeled as legendary, and then I look at the Flail of Tiamat that says, <laughs> does an extra 5 d 4 damage of your choice. Speak a command word to make... And some and ninety foot cone, DC eighteen dexterity saving throw, which is pretty high. Yeah, a, yeah, a DC eighteen, a ninety foot cone, and yeah, that's a huge. ninety foot cone. DC eighteen won't be at like by the time you're getting a legendary item like this, like mm-hmm. obviously that's not as bad. Um, yeah. and your enemies are an extra fourteen D six damage, and, and it like, oh and you can use that once a day. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, the bottom one. Go read the bottom one. Oh, this was the one I was. Th- this yeah. is the reason that I put the note in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The giant canary, and it's like, why is this? I'm reading like the giant canary form, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't understand why this is legendary. And then I read like the gold, the gold <laughs> dragon form. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you just like straight up turn into a freaking dragon. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sick concept, and I like that. Like, okay, there's this one thing that you can do on a uh, what is it a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then the dragon form, like you, like you can't use it for another year. Yeah, I think that's sick. Mm-hmm. And just the the role play elements of that, of like, I just you know the player uses it, and then what do they do with it? Because it's obviously still a super valuable thing. But then, yeah. okay, do they they have um you know they have a house at this time or like a, a mansion or a king, uh, like a castle? Mm-hmm. And so, what do they go put it in their castle with guards or or whatever with their other treasure, and then? maybe a year in game down the road they maybe remember that they still have this thing so right. maybe they go get it yeah so it's just it's cool yeah so that just gets my mind thinking of like they just yeah it's cool mm-hmm. platinum scarf is crazy yeah oh yeah the, this this page this back page is all the is all the things yeah yeah that's uh that are just that are just crazy dragon's majesty that also like there's like a there's a dragon vessel that is in a horde thing oh that yeah that can combine with the dragon vessel can refill or something. It, it can refill liquid. It's kind of like if anybody ever played Skyrim, it's like the white vial. And it can combine with the potion of dragon ma- uh, majesty, which 
again, transforms you into an adult dragon for an hour. Yeah. And then when you combine those two things together, you can do that. Uh, you can do that once a day, mm-hmm. I think, if I'm reading this right. Yeah. So then you can just turn into an adult dragon once a day. Yeah. Which is cool as the the weapon. By the way, I'm just I'm gonna say this for both books, and every book, I I love the art. I love oh, looking. Oh, the art at... is amazing. Yeah. I don't own any of the physical books, but uh, if I were to have one, it would be Fizzbands. The art is just top notch any uh, i love going on to one of my favorite sites to start you know when i'm going into to world build something one of my favorite websites to start with is uh, deviant art mm, just because yeah. i i love starting with some with that with like looking at an art piece like hmm. that looks sick i would have never in a million years thought that yeah or or even gotten to that yeah conclusion and the That's same a thing good like yeah i've never done that that's a good idea Oh, I do it more than half the time that I'm trying to trying to kind of build through something. Hmm. Deviant art, the community critical role art. Mm, yeah. And then yeah, all this all this art that's just in these in these books. So that's a random thing. I I didn't even I put it in the notes for Strixhaven, um, just when I was seeing some of the some of the art for the college yeah. and everything. The items are crazy. I just got to get that out there. The uh, my two favorite items were the uh, the magic bow, which I I. I wish they they could have done a little bit more with the bow, I think. Yeah. Making it not need ammunition was probably the least of the things they could have done with a magic bow. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of like one of the main points that I think they tried to put on the bow. Um, you get extra, like you get extra damage with like a part of the dragon's breath weapon or something which is cool extra i always like extra damage but they could have just made it a plus one on top of all that and it still i think it still would have been fine but that's just me. yeah that's just me i think i think in a like i could easily accept like in a campaign where like in a campaign where amy uh again different player types right one of these days i'm gonna find a whole set of players that have the same are on the same page as me where they love survival aspects of games mm. yeah yeah and we'll play like a very heavy survival base, like resource stretched um, game mm-hmm. where ammunition is very much like a thing. Yeah. And you're having to like try to re like you're trying to grab broken arrows and, and repair them off the battlefield and everything. Right. Where not having to not needing ammunition for this bow mm-hmm. is a big is a big part of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because technically in the canon on paper, ammunition is tracked. Mm-hmm. in the framework of D&D. It is. It's just yeah. not not in a lot of uh, at least in the games that I've run. Right. None of like the players just that hasn't been a huge interest mm-hmm. in any of my players and it usually just turns into a thing where it's like okay, you just go to the store and just if you just drop this amount of money, we can just say like we don't ever have to deal with this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do want to say that uh I do have a longbow and I have been keeping track of all of the arrows that I have shot. Well, good. I'm glad. So, yeah, just a little pat, <laughs> pat on my own back. Thank you. I'm welcome. No, it's a, that's one of those things where it's like, I'm super, I, I can't, maybe every once in a while, I'm, I'm like, I wonder how many arrows he shot in the last seven months. Mm-hmm. I, I only have like 12 left, I think. I haven't looked at the character sheet in yep. a long time, but I don't have very many left. Because I find that stuff very satisfying mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. keeps me, stuff like that keeps me interested in non-combat situations where i'm mm-hmm. like you know inventory management is something for me to think about yeah when there's you know 
So that always interests me. It doesn't it doesn't for other people, which I can understand though. But yeah. as a DM, I'm very happy to hear that you're tracking that. You're welcome. Uh, but the other magic item that I wanted to bring up was the freaking laser gun. You know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Oh, yeah, they made a... Yeah, 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 where is that? The um, Topaz Annihilator. Yes. It's a freaking laser sniper gun. And it's awesome. It just, like, evaporates the target if it kills it. Just, like, yeah. turns it to ash. It's so cool. And the whole thing is powered by a single dragon scale. I just yeah. love that part of it. Did you ever play Fallout 4? I can't remember no. Fallout as a franchise that... No, I never play video games, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, Come on. Laser Musket is one of the first in Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Um, you go through the tutorial, and then the world opens up, but the first like main mission that you go to, mm-hmm. you find a laser musket just on the ground in front of this museum, mm-hmm. and you pick it up, and you just start, depending on the difficulty you're on, you just start wrecking people. <laughs> Because that's exactly what it does, is it shoots, it's a musket, and it shoots lasers, and if you kill them with it, they just turn to, they just turn to dust. Yeah. <laughs> and I read this thing, and I see, ah, I see what you did here, <laughs> and I accept. Yeah, I thought it was a super cool addition. Yeah, I, I like it. I like the, I, I, I love firearms. I love firearms mm-hmm. being put into, um, into the game, and also in a way where it doesn't, it doesn't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In any yeah, way, I like shape, the or form, flavor except for the fact it. that it's super powerful. Yeah. So. I really like the flavor of it. Yeah. Well, it's like if you got a dragon scale, yeah, sure. I mean, a musket at that point isn't even out of, like, isn't mm-hmm. even the weirdest thing that's happened that week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I get scared about uh, people, uh, like some folks in our group or, or some folks in another group that I have that sees this item as an option. And then the first time they kill a topaz or the when they kill a topaz dragon they want to start a musket production yeah. uh facility uh-huh. and uh just make all of the monies yeah just just produce like 600 of these things and never do combat again yeah. and <laughs> yeah, they're just, just the richest the people in the world now initiative roles yeah they just they're tony stark now and yeah. they just produce uh, weapons of mass destruction yes yeah okay i lied that would actually be a pretty cool concept of a uh, kind of cool. a tangent campaign yeah. <laughs> but yes i loved that thank you for mentioning that mm-hmm. another, one so, last thing on items i don't know if you're gonna move on but the horde item like level up oh yeah mechanic yeah. that was one of the coolest things i thought well this is kind of part of one of the coolest things of this book i think is just really diving into the the power of dragons and uh and their lairs and their hordes of treasure i think they really took a lot from tolkien's writing on uh oh smaug yeah and how the dwarves got like sick because they were spending too much time with uh, the dragon gold that same kind of concept is present now in D, where you can kind of steep your magic items in the in the gold piles of a dragon's hoard, and it will like absorb some of the dragon's magical energy and become more powerful. Yeah. I thought that was a super super cool addition because I really like like customizing weapons and like crafting weapons in games. Yeah. Um, and like I don't think I don't think you get to choose, or if you do get to choose, there's a very limited number of selections. 
uh, on what benefits you gain from doing this. But uh, um, there's just uh, yeah, there's just the tier of depending on what level dragon horde mm-hmm. um, or what level of dragon had the horde. Yeah. Um, that just changes the property, and it's it's a additive. It's a layers thing, so right. you'll get. If it's a ascendant, then you get everything up to that point, and then the yeah. additional traits. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it mentions in here just to like as like the apex of that is they mention specifically that dragons at a certain point they don't need to to eat or drink or or anything anymore because they are just feeding off the power of their of their horde, mm-hmm. the energy of their horde. Yeah, and just that yeah that focused in yeah that I'm not I'm not thinking of the right word, but that focused in um, like the lore. concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just really honing in on that and, and just mm-hmm. going, uh, committing to that, I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really talk about in the early chapters, they really just nail home that, uh, like, a dragon, like, dragons, dragon kind are, like, like tied to the, like, the material world, like, on a spiritual level, almost. Like, uh, like dragons are um, as much a part of the world as, uh like the ground or the air is but like yeah almost philosophically or spiritually part of like the fabric of reality and so through like hoarding wealth and uh like powerful magic items they the dragons will uh kind of condense the the they just kind of condense like the the power of the world into their their own like selves and that's yeah like that's like you said especially later in life that's like the main source of sustenance for dragons is just once they have enough of like the most valuable parts of the world they can just survive off that yeah yeah and they've done yeah just the the, committing to that concept i think (laughs) is amazing I want to move on here, otherwise we're going to spend an hour literally on the the first twenty pages <laughs> yeah. of the uh, of the book. The dragon, the dragon lore, and the dragon layers, and kind of what you were talking like what you were talking about about the fabric and like how integrated they are into the world. Mm-hmm. Can I just like I love that because mm-hmm. they give it they give enough to the point where like my my world that I've created that I currently run campaigns in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've created it and it has enough of a framework that I kind of go off of what's already there now. Yeah. And I have, and I have a history and I have like a, an origin of, of the creation and everything. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have that though, there's enough just in here to just make a framework based off of what they give you in here. Yeah. And just go off of that. Like the, the dragon, like you can, you can easily, even if you don't want your campaign to be very dragon focused, you can easily make a world on the framework of what they've given you in here. Just that like, yes, the dragons are the one that, that made the world. They did this and then, then they, they did that. Mm-hmm. But then also they just give you a bunch of, um, uh, a bunch of, I don't, I don't know what to call it. Um, just bullet points that you can just yeah. build yeah. your lands out of because mm-hmm. they tell you like, here are all these different dragons and here are the environments that they like to be in, which for somebody that's trying to build a war, uh, a world that gives them basically just a bunch of different environments that they know that they can put in the in the world. And so in my head, I'm just like, okay, this is the history. This continent just has all these different environments, and I just need to piece the puzzle together in the way that works for me. And I have a continent now. Yeah. And even if those dragons aren't uh, for the campaign, even those if uh, if those dragons aren't present in the story, I now have a, a land. Yeah. 
like a, a very cohesive, like a, a very natural seeming land mm-hmm. just off of the puzzle pieces of these back, this, this background lore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to jump in, like kind of just like started not just in my head, just kind of like doing exactly what you just described. Like, yeah, just like built a world in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, like exactly. This this campaign that I'm running for you guys, it started out as like, oh, it's just one dungeon. I'll just I'll run it in four sessions and like they'll they'll beat the boss and like it'll be fun and whatever. Yeah. Like it had already grown into a full campaign <laughs> like two weeks two sessions into the campaign I realized that it was going to take quite a long time to get through what I had yes planned <laughs> when when we when we spent more than one session not even in the in the <laughs> yeah, we spent them outside of the play area yeah yeah just getting into the dungeon off of the story hook yeah. alone yeah so it had, <laughs> it had grown into a its own campaign kind of organically on its own um but yeah. then I read the first uh let me see uh well the LG of the first world and then yep the third chapter after i read the third chapter or even just uh, the first half of the third chapter i was like yep th- this is a world now it's a whole thing uh and it just kind of it was it was kind of amazing in my head like i had the campaign and i had the the world built for that campaign and then fizzband just came in and like a puzzle piece just kind of like clicked right in Heck and, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was like oh i've got this whole thing now uh and there's some really really awesome examples of how to create a dragon as a character like write like yeah. write a dragon as a character like write them into a civilization whether it's a village or a city or an empire so that and, makes me want to ask as soon as i read through this book I immediately wanted to ask you, so you're uh, right now in this last week and then this coming week, mm-hmm. um, right now we're doing a, we're doing a sum shot yeah. um, for our, uh, for our D and D nights mm-hmm. and your, your thieves guild leader is a, is a dragon. Yeah. Did you pull from the content from some of the concepts? Straight out yeah. of this book. Yeah. Yeah. And like the entire thing that's happening is like basically straight out of this book and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause they give in like the, they give in the. Okay, one of the one of the things that I I put in the notes, um, I said in all caps, all the world building tables. Yes, yeah, and there's like yeah, like there's adventure hooks, there's personality traits, there's bonds and flaws and ideals for dragons, and like motivations for the dragons as characters and as all these different roles a dragon could play in a campaign or an adventure or a story. And yeah. there's just like and yeah, all the tables on. I think it was page uh, 32. The so they they give all these so with like each of these dragon they present so many dragons in the game and then on top of that they for each of them they they talk about their personality and they give tables for the personality. Yeah. They give tables for their physical characteristics. And then um in my head I'm like ah, like I wouldn't even have thought of it but I think in my head dragons were still looking very similar. Mm-hmm. But on page 32, they just give a great example of two, I think it's like two red dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or two yeah. Uh, ruby dragons or something. Mm-hmm. And they look so much different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, really, oh, really yeah. unique. Yeah, that was a really cool table. It was like a, it was like a 100 
like a D100 table, wasn't it? Of like all of the different like physical uh, I don't know. Traits. I don't know if uh I don't know if I I may have missed it as far as like a D100 table or maybe it was in an appendix. But yeah, like either way on each with each dragon there is separate tables mm-hmm. to make them more and more unique. Yeah. Um and it was things which like Which I super appreciate. Yeah. And it was things like um this dragon has a scar over its eye or like the eye is milky and glassy as if it's blind out yeah, of an yeah. eye or exactly this one adorns itself in um something resembling humanoid clothes or uh this one ha- or like your dragon like like fashions. there like this one this one has like a bipedal posture yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. like changes changes the entire appearance mm-hmm. without even changing anything it, it's just how it stands yeah that's or a like, huge difference it could be like uh this dragon is like morbidly obese or like uh, it <laughs> yeah. walks around as like a like a cat that's stalking prey yeah like just so much variation on, on yeah with like the personality like traits and the mannerisms is like mm-hmm. like it it pounces on its own tail every once in a while yes, yeah, uh, just, it's like a, yeah. which is a super cool like even just that thought as far as like world building even just that thought sparks like you can take that to the moon mm-hmm. like you can take that single thing and, and base an entire rest of the personality of a dragon around that yeah and then go from that to a character to now a scene to an adventure so mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. stuff like that is just is cool uh dragon echoes yeah dragon Another, echoes are yeah. sick so freaking cool yeah and it really gives like you have these literal ancient beings that have just mm-hmm. been around forever it's like what do they what do they want mm-hmm. they just want they just want to chill they just want to meditate all day or like their goals are if anybody's played mass effect like like the whole it's kind of an annoying thing that whenever the main character asks like the enemy like dude what do you like what do you actually want mm-hmm. its response is like our intelligence is far supreme to yours like <laughs> you can't even start to understand like our objectives mm-hmm. it's like okay f- like fine i guess <laughs> it's it's more it's more annoying to not think of something that actually like we could connect with yeah but this like this is that thing like this is totally like yeah mm-hmm. i could see an ancient dragon throughout its life more and more just like this is a continual thing mm-hmm. to get stronger and stronger or or just um communication wise and just control wise not maybe not consume your echoes but assimilate um, assimilate and and be in contact with them just for everybody's own everybody's knowledge and yeah yeah super so, cool concept yeah i loved that and um the uh the the great worm concept where yeah. uh it's like the end game content for uh yeah for like a, a vi- like a video game reference you got like hatchling dragons which are like baby dragons basically or wormlings or whatever and then you've got your your young dragon i think yeah. young is the next step and then adult yeah. and then ancient and that's been traditionally the four levels like the four levels of dragon like power levels kind of yeah but then they added this concept of the echoes which are basically like uh the same it's the same dragon across the multiverse on different so like uh like there's multiple Peter Parkers across like yeah. all the comic book things Spider-Man's coming out soon or it came out today <laughs> whatever so that's relevant yeah so there's like all the Peter Parkers all of those Peter Parkers are echoes 
Right. So in the dragon, in the dra- like from the dragon's perspective, once you get to like an adult or an ancient dragon, you've been around long enough and you're like in tune with the fabric of reality enough that you're you start to become aware of this other self of yours. Yeah. On the different world or in the different dimension or whatever. And then not all it, the book says that not all dragons do this, but some of like the more powerful or power hungry dragons start to like sap the power from their echoes through this bond that they create. And once enough of this energy is absorbed, they like transcend the ancient dragon tier into this great worm tier, which is like basically they have the power to create and destroy whole planets. At this point, it's, like, beyond, beyond powerful. Yeah. Uh, which is just right up my alley, man. <laughs> like you were saying, Endgame is a good is a good kind of way to relate it. Like, it gives just cool Endgame world building and yeah. Endgame options. Yeah. Of, and again, like there's, shout there's out to meat, the There's sustenance. Here, oh, oh, yeah. The, I just, Absolutely. The, the pictures movie. of the metallic Great Worm is just... <laughs> phenomenal i can't remember if it was like a shadow or like a deep dragon or something but yeah all the uh, like page 71 like the green dragon mm-hmm. just yeah all of it i wanted to mention um uh, as far as like the lore so i'm a i am a sucker for a good uh dragon turtle mm. i oh, love man. i love I love me some dragon turtles. Heck yeah! I thought it was I thought it was sick, and they took the they took the opportunity to even though it's already in, that's already in the uh, monster manual, mm-hmm. they just went through. They have two pages on dragon turtles. Wow. Yeah. With that, the layers for all of these guys. So, first off, a lot of these so a lot of these dragons. There's a lot of similar things about them, which somebody might have a problem with. In reality, uh, I, I don't. don't have that much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have that much of a problem with because. The reality of it is like, okay, I don't, I can't think of a situation where I'm going to present enough of these dragons in in a short enough amount of time to my players mm-hmm. that they're going to be like, oh, this is just like a, like a one action difference of the other dragon that we just fought. Right. Yeah. Um, like that's not going to, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the layers, all of them are oh. like, they're all super cool. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's like that's just gold for me for world building stuff. Like there's they give so much mm-hmm. um, to go off of, and that's why I was talking about like they give you enough that you can literally like build lands. Yeah, around the type of environments that dragons want. Yeah, yeah, and they and like that's part of their like that can one of the adventure hooks I think or some of the adventure hooks are like uh, this dragon has just moved into this area and it's cultivating the land to be more of its liking either good or bad and you can either go like try to stop the dragon or you can go on a quest in behalf of the dragon to like prepare the land in some way to like help cultivate the land into its lair and and just as it expands out across the world yeah and i like the nature of things is that there's parts of the there's there's some things that i think are absolutely amazing that i can't talk about because you are a player in my campaign yeah, um, no, I'm struggling with that too. Yeah. Um, but but I will say in general, like I read this because I I've you know this month has been a busy month for me, yeah. non D and D related, and so I didn't pick the, I picked this mm. up for the first time yesterday, and so oh, wow. going through this, like immediately I put like I pulled up my my notebook thing, 
and like okay Mm -hmm. like these are all the play like i implemented a ton of stuff a ton of concepts and like there was a specific place like i just looked i looked at a piece of art and i immediately said yep i know exactly where that is (laughs) and i know exactly what's happening now and this whole or uh, this overarching thing there is a piece of it that automat like I knew immediately like oh yeah there's a dragon yeah. um, and that just yeah. that both that both kind of like you were saying for a lot of things things stayed the same but behind the scenes like everything changed at the same time mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so um, yeah I had to I even though I had to be general I had to state that like I really got a lot of value out of this book yeah oh yeah like world building wise like I said t- like I said before like I was never even interested in in dming more than four sessions and like the more i read this book and i'm like i'm looking at the 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 maps that are in here have you i don't know if you've seen the maps yeah, yeah. the pictures of the maps but i'm like it's so easy yeah it's it's so easy to do with this book um like i've flipped through the dungeon master's guide and like if you want to like learn the rules really well and be like a very rules as written by the book dungeon master the dungeon master's guide is probably the way to go but if you're more interested in telling a cool story and you really like dragons i would almost just recommend reading fizzbands yeah because uh, you can get you can get your whole world built just with this book and there's enough stuff in it I think that as I like, I consider myself a brand new DM and uh, like, I feel pretty confident that I could run a whole adventure just out of this book. Yeah, exactly. And a, like a full, like not a, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like, like one, like level one to 20, like all the way through like different. And it wouldn't be strapped I for mean, content. It, it might get, per, yeah, it might get a little repetitive cause like, Oh, everything's a dragon or every important person is a dragon, but well, but, but like, like I said, I, would be into I it, think though. the power is in that they just, so the difficulty that I find, I can't, I can only relate to my experience. The difficulty that I have mm-hmm. is the beginning. And so this, this book, it gives more than enough to lay a framework. And then it's so much easier to just go in and like, okay, what are the, like now all I have to do is like, what are some of the non-dragon aspects or what are some of the non-dragon mm-hmm. characters um in this yeah. yeah like you can you can build the entire campaign around the dragons and then you can go in and like okay what are some of the important like what are some of the important characters that aren't aren't related to a dragon or or who who is not a dragon that has an important role to play and that's su- like that's yeah. not hard to do that that's not hard to do yeah that's like filling in the crack stuff not like big huge world building stuff exactly and it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to really make it feel like there's variety in the in the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah because like we were talking about the they do have those tables where you can just make you can make each dragon so unique from every other dragon yeah with the uh all the different personality tables and the appearance tables and stuff oh and my favorite table though i don't think i even mentioned it was the name table oh yeah i uh i kept talking about it um, the other night when we were playing, just how excited I was to roll on that table to come up with the names. It's got, it's like four columns by 20 rows, I think. Yeah. And they're just like little like name bits that sound kind of dragony. And you roll the D20 and the D4 to get the word bit or the name bit. Yeah. And you just roll as many times as you want to like, and you can like jumble around the names and add or subtract letters to make it sound better. 
Yeah, because that's the that's the thing like, with names too. Is like as long as you like, if you can mm-hmm. start with something, it's so much easier to to even if the final name no, looks nothing like what you originally was going off mm-hmm. of, starting with something mm-hmm. and then like letter by letter switching things around, switching an S for a Z or like an mm-hmm. S with a Q mm-hmm. to to put something a little bit more harsh in there. That's what I'll do all the time as yeah. well. It's like okay, I'll take yeah, I'll yeah. take a name like like uh, Daniel or something, and then and then piece by piece I can I can shift that into what I want. That's cool. Names are like the hardest thing for me. Yeah. Um, like naming characters, naming places, I can't do it uh, for whatever reason. That's like the one thing that I just can't do. That's why you need to start acquiring a, a massive OneNote file of just names, like me. Of just names, yeah. So what I've just what I've traditionally done is I'll think of a word that kind of describes the character, and I'll just translate it into Latin, and that's now the character's name. Hey, there you go. I li- there was yeah. for the first couple of months. Every time I had to like, if I was sitting there trying to world build, I would look around my desk and I would like see a pen. I'd be like, Penzer, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. Um. And yeah, so I had to I had to make the OneNote file when my desk was uh, slowly running out of items that I hadn't already based something off. Um, I uh, could never. There was nothing I could ever get out of keyboard. So <laughs> that's a toughie. Yeah. I think. That just tells you how serious. Like I was legitimately doing this for weeks. <laughs> so um, okay, we got it. We have to move on. You Fine. characters. Characters. This is dude. Okay. Uh, this is your mm. this is your ball game, man. This is my bread and butter. Buddy. Yeah. You, uh, you've hinted, you've hinted at, uh, you've spent a little bit of time in, in development, in secret rooms, making some secret things. <clears throat> Not so secret. Yeah. So this, this was an interesting experience for me because, um, as you know, and as the probably one or two listeners of this episode that we norm that we <laughs> regularly get, <laughs> uh, as you guys know, uh, I'm 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 more of a mechanics mechanics focused player, but they didn't add a whole they didn't really add a ton of mechanics in this book as uh, as far as building a character. But there was so much lore and yeah exactly narrative uh, components that I I just love. And I love dragons and like the idea of all these, like a di- any different kind of warrior, like taking inspiration or power from uh, a dragon patron or host is just so cool to me. So I just started, I just started making characters and like trying to fit, I just tr- started fitting characters in as they kind of came to me and basing them off of off of like the dra- the draconic elements in the book. Yeah. And then I got far enough that I was just like, uh, there's only like two more classes that I haven't like assigned a draconic heritage oh, okay. to. So I'm just going to do one of every single class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have at least one subclass from each class that I've like tied to a dragon somehow. I love it. All right, so hit us with the. We can't. You you told me the number of characters that you've made. We can't go through all of them, but but start start hitting me with uh, with some of the some of the spicy ones. Okay. So the two. Well, I'll, so the two new subclasses were the Drake Warden Ranger. You basically get a pet dragon that at later levels you can fly around on, which is amazing. 
it's really, really powerful at any level of play. Um, And then the monk is a more of like a, like a love letter to Bahamut. Okay. uh, In a flavor sense, uh, I think, because Bahamut loves monks. The way of the ascendant dragon monk subclass is uh, more flavorically cool than mechanically cool. I think Uh, there's some cool stuff with it though. Again, it mostly just involves extra like dragon breath damage yeah but it's cool um but some of the ones that i came up with so i have 15 characters here on a spreadsheet (laughs) um i started rolling stats for them i haven't really like built the character sheets on any of them and i haven't named any of them but the their story's all kind of the same so they all live in this this mountainous this mountain village the village is nestled in a valley in this uh, very difficult to traverse mountain range. Wait, did you say they all um, live there? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're all from the same village. That's cool. Different families. Yeah. But the nearby in in the mountains near this village is a a silver dragon, an ancient silver dragon, um, who is kind of the like the guardian spirit of the village, he doesn't like he he doesn't interact directly with the village, but the village knows that he's there. Uh, like, kind of like quasi worships him. Yeah, a little bit. And so these all of these adventurers have some tie to this silver dragon. Yeah. And uh, eventually, this ancient silver dragon just kind of like opens up like kind of an adventuring school to, for the village and like kids and, and people will go like just study all kinds of different things from it. Yeah. So there's like the, the Drake warden ranger who like summons this draconic spirit. So it's like, it's like the, again, it's a, it goes back to that. Like dragons are part of the fabric of reality of the world. And so this, this guy has learned how to kind of, summon enough of that energy to have his own little like pet dragon yeah kind of gives kind of like it's kind of uh a little it feels a little like synthetic like it's not a real dragon oh okay i see what you're saying yeah i see what you're saying if that makes sense um and then obviously the way of the ascendant dragon studies martial arts under the dragon kind of in the in homage to bahamut a couple the ones that i'm most excited about like a couple of like married couples went to the dragon kind of with uh, fertility advice. Like they needed, they wanted okay. to have a baby, yeah. but they couldn't have a baby. So the dragon like blessed this mother to have like, like her baby was sick or something, or she wasn't going to make it through the pregnancy. So the dragon like blessed her somehow, like gave her this, like used some of his magic on her. And so that baby came out to be a draconic bloodline sorcerer. Yeah. And then another family, like Which I'm um, real he, quick is dope. I mean I think yeah. I think so many there's so much creativity that can be had with sorcerer origins. Um mm, oh yeah. So for sure, yeah, for I just sure. yeah, just to mention that that's it's it's always cool to see like yet another implementation. Like, okay, this this is where they got their powers. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So Thanks. Yeah. And then the other one, I told you about these, the twins, like this yeah. uh, husband and wife went to the dragon for like fertility advice. Like we need to, like we want to have a family. And so the, so the dragon was like, uh, use some 
like magic to help make the couple more fertile. And then uh, the twins came out just normal, but then they like went later on in life and like started learning from the dragon. And the girl became a wizard. Um, okay. And she does blade song. That's one of the right. subclasses of wizard is blade singing. Yeah. And so she sings. They learn music from the dragon. And so, like, the sister's music helps her physical prowess. And the brother, the twin brother, becomes a College of Creation bard. Yeah. And so they they do this, like, cool musical duet thing in battle where, like, the the sister's, like, casting all the spells and, like, doing all the cool gishy stuff. <laughs> yeah. the Like, the sword and sorcery stuff. And, like, the, the brother's, like, doing his thing, singing the dragon song. Uh, like in support of his sister. Yeah, I absolutely love the. It's like a it's like a concert, in every battle. Like mm-hmm. the, I like. Yeah. Oh man, I not like not gonna lie, the like the like envious person of me was like, that's a mm-hmm. that's just a sick concept in general that I'm kind of that I'm kind of mad that I didn't think of. Sweet. Um, oh. First, because I love because like because like just think okay. I don't know if you ever played Dark Souls or, or Bloodborne or anything. Or I've watched a little bit of gameplay on YouTube. So um, I'm not exper- – there's a lot of yeah, – we're going to get into this in a different episode that might be getting recorded right <laughs> after this. But um, No, no, there's, there's not a There's not a ton of overlap that you and I have with, with video games. Um, mm-hmm. But at least in a lot of the ones that I've played, there is – there is very memorable and specific, and may, and I think this is a thing for Final Fantasy, but there is very memorable music for for some oh, yeah. boss fights. Oh, big time! And I just think to myself, like, dude, a boss, a boss where the music, like, it is music, but it's like mm. in D and D, it is music because they, it's multiple people, and they are literally mm. doing this thing together. Yeah. Oh my! Oh my goodness! It's so cool, right? That was one of the coolest, like, that was like a, like, inspiration thing. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that's so yeah. cool. The other ones that I was just, like, really, really excited about were, like, a, a Forge Domain Cleric mm-hmm. or any kind of artificer. Yeah. Where they, like, they study how to, like, create things, kind of in the same vein as the College of Creation Bard, mm-hmm. uh, but more, like, uh, with, f- like, forging and, uh, like, crafting and stuff. Or they use like dragon fire, or or like the the scales, like in the topaz annihilator thing, yeah. to like craft these like magical armaments and stuff. But uh, yeah, and then like like in my head, all of these people, all fifteen of them, <laughs> did freaking destroy everything. <laughs> go take over a kingdom. Probably, probably. <laughs> fifteen adventurers is too many. Yeah. But they just like band up and they just like be friends and like have this kind of communal respect for each other, like like a uh, like a chosen like a chosen family kind of. Yeah, like they grew um, up. They but, grew up together, and yeah. they all like they're not they're not <laughs> they're not what people would call like a normal childhood or like a normal upbringing because maybe for them like right. they were all like learning these like different magical things and had these different experiences. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's dope, and like even you know with all the plot hooks of like dragons and stuff, it could be the adventure is, you know, maybe they go and do their thing, but then like, as over time they realize that like, maybe the dragon brought them up with like the purpose of like, they are his arm to like, 
mm-hmm. get more control over the different lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And oh, that's one thing that we didn't even mention was minions were actually a big part. Oh of, yeah, so like a yeah, so many options. Thing, like gathering wealth and like power includes in like gathering minions to like do your will out in the world. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. Um I think like um I know they talked about it specifically with like minions are probably a big part of a red dragon's lair. Um they talked about mm-hmm. a couple dragons where their personality is like more manipulative to get mm-hmm. other people to do their dirty work and most yeah. important like minions in that work. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. like this group like, you know, it becomes a uh, all these I think of like Maze Runner or all these like a pot like things like that where people go do things or go do things just because they don't know and then later on they kind of learn that they're kind of being controlled by a like a puppet master yeah 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 i think that's dope mm-hmm. i wouldn't have ever thought to like maybe i'll write a book <laughs> yeah please i mean it would be <laughs> i mean that's a i mean that's a concept that i you know i haven't heard it before and i would have never have thought mm-hmm. to when i sit here and i dread making just one character so i would have never even mm-hmm. thought of like <laughs> Dude, it's the best part of the no, man, we can't get into that right now. <laughs> um, but never would have thought of putting them all in the same, like tie, tying them together like that. I think that's, I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they're not all necessarily like the exact same age or anything. I'm, I'm sure there's some that are older. I like the idea of one of the rangers actually like being a little bit older and being like the captain or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, and I like that they'd all have different. They'd all have a different relationship with the dragon, uh, as they're like they're learning different things from him. Yeah, and they're they're like practicing different things. But he's like the dragon's so old that he's already a master of everything. Yeah, and can like fit the lessons to each person's like uh, interests and specialties. So. It it was it was really fun exercise for me. I can imagine to to have like a list of characters come to me in more of a narrative sense than a mechanical sense. Yeah, well, and I think of the the mind just like takes it and and like carries it forward because I think of okay, of the fifteen, surely at some <laughs> point in time one of the religious base like the cleric like a cleric or a paladin type one in the group, maybe one of mm-hmm. them like has like doubts or something or or one of them starts to turn Mm -hmm. towards another god maybe another dragon god Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the group is like dude wtf like you're gonna get us all uh you're gonna get us all like slaughtered (laughs) yeah 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 i'm super i'm super down for it is there any other hot hot plate stuff that you want to get off your chest before we move on to strixhaven i think that was it uh the main things i learned what i wanted to talk about were all my characters um but just but just how easy this book made world building and and dming for me it uh which you have a great perspective because you're you're in the like i was talking about like if i was a new dm like you're you're kind of Mm -hmm. you're kind of describing yourself as that and you're saying yeah it's it's super inspirational and it you know absolutely like uh it did it did really open my eyes to uh, what kind of DM I wanted to be because I started out wanting to just like, I only wanted to run combat and that was like, I will tell my story through combat and I thought I could do it. And I still like that idea. It's just, it's really hard. 
to tell a story through the mechanics of combat in D&D. Mainly just like solely through the mechanics of combat. Right, right. But uh, what I wanted was like um, the lightsaber duels in Star Wars are always really, really moving. Yeah, moving me. and thematic and... and Yes, yeah, thematic and like emotional and... Because um, in most of the lightsaber duels, uh, Luke versus Vader in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. And uh, Obi-Wan versus Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Like, those three fights are incredibly impactful to the story. <laughs> they're integral. And, like, they're so... They, they really are. Thank you for bringing that up. Like, there's so much on the line in each of those fights for the story that, like, that's where that's what I wanted to bring to the table. Yeah. But it's really hard. It's really hard to do. It was, it, it was really hard for me to do in D&D. Yeah. But, like, just reading this one book, which it's not, it's not like a, a super heavy read. It like it took that concept and really opened my eyes to all of the story that I could be telling if I just did it a little different. And so I I loved loved reading it, and I'm and I'm really really excited to be a, a DM now, which uh, I never thought I would be like this excited to to run a game. And that makes me excited. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that, yeah, that that is exciting though. Uh, legitimately, yeah. I I'm glad yeah. to hear it. All right, Strixhaven. So you moving right along. Moving right along. So you uh, again, kind of. So you're you have the perspective kind of going into a lot of these like as a player, and so so you yes. haven't dipped as you haven't dipped too much into Strixhaven yet. So I and I'm gonna I'll explain it here in a second more, but I think like max like ten minutes. That's my goal. Um, so we... actually, it's going to be more like 30 minutes. No, I, I I have bullet points, and I literally, like, I'm just going to get through <laughs> these bullet points, and we are going to close the show out. All right. Okay, so first, I want to say my impression, like my initial emotion, immense disappointment. Really? Yeah. I have never been so quickly and so, like, powerfully disappointed. Oof. Yeah big oof but it's because of so they they market it and they talked about it leading up to leading up to its release mm -hmm. and it is still categorized in D&D Beyond as a source book no it's not is it yes yes it is no no way no way no way it is i swear i swear on the at least on the D&D Beyond i checked it again today cuz i just wanted to i just wanted to confirm that it comes up as um, a source book. Yeah. Are you yeah. seeing it? Yep. I'm looking at it right now. There's the source books and then the adventures. Yeah. And this is very clearly, but it's right above the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an adventure too. It's a, it's been a long time since I've gone through, oh, since I've gone through that one. Um, it. And the mythic thought, mythic thought, Mythic Odysseys of Theros is also listed as a source book. So they still so the the Sword Coast first off I don't I don't count that at nearly as much. I haven't read this cover to cover, but I think mm -hmm. this literally is like a source book just 
with a bunch of different adventures that can be run, but but basically just a bunch of content for literally the Sword Coast. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you very honestly. That's basically I mean, what Theros is too. It's like a yeah. bunch of like little adventures. Um, I'm gonna tell you straight up. I've never opened uh, Theros, not once. Oh really? Yeah, it's not, cool. not it's a really time. Greek. If you like it? Greek mythology, it's like basically if they just put Greek mythology in in D and D. Is it okay? Strixhaven, not a not a source book. It is really. Yeah, it is. Uh, you got you got a chapter. It's not a source book. It's a it's a it's a full adventure. It's a. I, yeah. It's. Can I explain how what I connect this to? Yes, please. When I, so I did not, I don't have to get into that. When I was in college, (laughs) when I was in college, I took a, uh, there was a point in time that I wanted to do uh, customer service. I, Mm I'm, I'm, why? I, I'm okay. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay at it. We don't need to talk about that. Okay. That's all right. I, I thought I was, I thought I was good at it. I was certainly better at it than people that hated doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, but at the time I was doing customer service for a gym and that was a relatively interesting job. Mm. Yeah. So I thought I wanted to do customer service. So I was like looking for, I didn't know how the heck to, now I understand like, okay, you go into HR and there's like degrees for, for that. And I didn't know any, I was like, Mm. how the heck do I do anything with, you know, I want to do customer service. So I know it sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Thank goodness I didn't do it. (laughs) I, all I hear is like dissonant screaming in my head when <laughs> yeah. you're talking about customer <laughs> service. I I found a class. It was like a what customer ser- like customer service 101, but it had mm-hmm. literally customer service in the name, mm-hmm. and it was a course, and it was a it was online, and it met it checked all the boxes because if it's a cor- like I suck at online courses that I don't enjoy like math or something. Oh yeah yeah. But like psychology or something like that, I. I've never gotten better grades than like my online mm-hmm. psychology or sociology classes that I've taken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I'll, I'll happily sit there and read the textbook at that point. Oh yeah. I sign up for the class and I attend the class and he tells us the book, the book, the, the title of the textbook says fundamentals of customer service. And it gives the, the number, I don't know what the IBM number or whatever they're called. Yep. And I can't find it by the title. So I put in the ITN number, uh, the IBM number and it mm-hmm. says uh, IT 101. No. <laughs> And I said, uh, okay, shot him a message. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's, I just haven't updated yet. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he sent me a second message. He's like, the IBN one is correct. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally, I go through, I, the class starts and I go through the course, uh, like the outline. It's literally mm. an IT class. Oh, no. <laughs> and like the, the name of the class was customer service. The description was 100% like, no IT, like literally like customer inter- interaction, uh, mm-hmm. conflict mm-hmm. resolution, all this, yeah. all this stuff. I was like, this isn't what I signed up for. And he's like, what do you, this is the class that we're doing. <laughs> it became this whole big thing with like, I was trying to back out. I didn't want it to affect my like, whatever they're the, the GPA or whatever. Yeah. The Dean had to get involved. I had to get a, get a bunch of signatures. Oh, um, I had to meet, I had to meet this instructor at a coffee shop at 8 PM. <laughs> And this is like I opened this book up and I was like, "Bro, what the heck?" I was, I was expecting a source book, and all yeah, I got, yeah. I, I got a, I got a one to, I got a level one to ten adventure. <laughs> I've already taken on my ten minutes. Gosh dang it! Um, Told you. Immense disappointment. I got halfway through the book and I was convinced that I was gonna finish the book and I was gonna send it off 
to return it. Oh, wow. That bad. Yeah. Wow. Just because there wasn't, in my mind, like, there wasn't anything here for me. Like, first off, the main thing, like, you, you, ha- you haven't read the book before, but I will just tell you. Mm-hmm. And, again, spoilers for anybody that plans to run this. Um, if you have read or watched Harry Potter, then you have read this book. Ah. Uh, yes. I see. I tried, like, Darn I started it. going through this book, and I was like, oh, like, okay, it's, it's hard these days to think of a magical school and not at all, at any point in time, not think of Harry Potter. Right. Yeah, I get that. But I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to set that aside. But on page, what page is it? Page 62. Okay. Uh, I gave up on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because on page uh, 62, it's talking about the uh, the center of the campus is the, the biblioplex. It's, like, it's a massive library and, like, teaching uh-huh. center. Yeah. And it says, biblioplex features... Uh, ceilings. The ceilings about the first floor are 50 feet high. The second are 30 feet high. Number two, magic stairs. <laughs> As in all strict saving buildings, the stairs and steps leading into the biblioplex are enchanted to move and reshape for full accessibility. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then it keeps it keeps going like that. And then page 111, it it goes all into. Uh, what's it called? What's it called? Ma- I think it's like Tower. Uh, I put it in Hunt the notes. for Mage Tower. Mage. It's all about Mage Tower. Yeah. Okay. If you look at the if you look at the image in, on page 112, basically Quidditch. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ah, like bro. And then no, you go I'm through gonna... the you go through the lore again. Major spoilers. The whole co- the whole story is you are first year students going through a four-year schooling yeah and there is a alumni that is salty about something and trying to preserve his own life using magical means Uh the school gets wrapped up in it and the students get wrapped up with it within that and they have to defeat the the old student wow yeah oh yeah yeah I'm yeah, sorry, you I see, just found the Quidditch field. I mean the <laughs> the Mage Tower field. Jaunt field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's ridiculous. So okay, so that's I just had to get that out there. I I will keep the book. Uh, I kept going through it, and it does have a couple things that that are just I have the book. They're useful enough that, and there's things that I can pull out of it for different things. Um, mm-hmm. I will quickly name them off. So, with the school, it does describe different things that you can do while you're enrolled in the school. And some yeah. of those things I can straight pull, take out of the context of like these are constant things done all all year long, mm-hmm. and put them into a situation where it's like a one time thing. So yeah, they have a whole chapter, a whole like section of the campaign, based around like a masquer- masquerade or a ball. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of those concepts cool. and like those social those social concepts and like the uh, the social obstacles to play through in D and D. Uh, yeah, very yeah. good to have. I, I can that can easily be pulled out of the campaign and just used um, for for different things. For the for the same type of thing in general, uh, there's a big there's a lot of time spent on that Mage Tower stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can pull that and just anytime there's like a sports type game or like you're an audience to something, a lot of those social things can happen as well. Um, they right. give a lot of um, mechanics to like cheering on. Your team uh, heckling the the other team, 
uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's all it's all very good. And then uh, yeah. they do a lot of they have mechanics for studying and preparing for a test um, that can be pulled out of its place. And just I can think of you know things where maybe to gain access somewhere, maybe there's a test to get in, or maybe in preparation, uh, kind of like a Witcher style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the f- you don't you don't have to nearly as much in in The Witcher Three. But the, but the first two Witcher games, you were mm-hmm. very rewarded for taking the time to prepare for battles. And Oh, really? Yeah, so like when you were going to go f- fight a monster that you got a contract mm-hmm. for, and, and still uh, with the main monsters, it was still very good to like understand and, and go read the, the bestiary. But mm-hmm. finding out which potions and which blade oils were good for it, yeah. uh, which Witcher, which magical signs were best for it, it's nature, it's like bait and all that. You you had in-game rewards and mm. the the fight was much much easier. Still a difficult fight, but you were definitely rewarded for doing those things. So, I think yeah. of that in like D&D where like these mechanics I can put into like there is a monster that is difficult enough and then I can present potential resources to the players. And if they want to go through the process of like studying and going through this, um, mm-hmm. they can have that they can have that reward does that make sense i love that yeah please do that for me <laughs> um, but yeah stuff um stuff like that or with somebody's uh learning you know during downtime uh somebody wants to learn a language or learn a feat mm-hmm. um yeah yeah stuff stuff like that these yeah, mechanics I really like that stuff yeah these mechanics can be used without even changing anything for for mm-hmm. stuff like that so i find i found a lot of value in that for those three things, I will not be, I won't be returning the book. Everything else <laughs> is t- pretty much to me, and the art is amazing. The art is dope. Um, the, the art like is fantastic art, yes, as always. And like art that I've seen just like scrolling through is like really, really cool. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of spells that they paint and stuff. Yeah. And the spells look just like, um, they just look amazing. Yeah. Um, it looks, it looks awesome. Yeah. On the on the spells, so so I want to mention some of the spells because I thought the spells were strong in Fizzbands, but I wrote down two of them. Mm. So on page on page thirty eight, I did better at realizing that I needed to put the page numbers on these. Uh, so going into the going into the spells, silver, silvery barbs. silvery barbs. Yeah, that's a meme, dude. I haven't even looked at the book, but that's all over the is it the meme community oh yeah it's like holy moly yeah, people are not happy with it dude i like i'm considering it's very rare that i like up until this point there's there's really not been too much at all that i've said like okay there will be a lot of dms to say like okay this these books or these things are not allowed in my campaign i haven't right. really i haven't really done that up to this point right i've pretty much been content because it's a lot easier for me to just say like yeah published D and D works mm-hmm. are fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This spell is hard, man. Like that's yeah, that's stressful to to like. That's a first level spell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, first level. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's like that's where that's what the focus of the memes are is like like uh, X thing happens, but what's more ridiculous is like my DM just session zero banned silvery barbs from the whole campaign because it's so powerful. Yeah, like I'm, I'm. It's, I'm very, unless I, unless somebody presents different information to me, that's probably going to be me as well. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's it's freaking powerful. Like you yeah. can negate advantage. 
Yeah. Ex- like yeah. after they already roll. It, that's so powerful. Exactly. And they have to use not even that they like not even that they have to use like the second one or they have to like they have to use the lower of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's stressing me out just talking about it. Um, yeah. It's so powerful, man. And oh, I was going to mention as well. So they had um, the, the other thing that I already know that I won't be allowing in my in my games. So they uh, the feats. There's a there's a feat in the book that is made for the for the students of Shrixhaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made for a reason. And I I couldn't find the wording, but I was watching a I was watching a video, and, and I it sounded like they were pulling from direct wording from the book. But they suggest that the feat should not be used if it's not in a strict saving campaign. And that will be how I do it because basically the feat is no matter what, you can choose two cantrips and a first level spell and you can use that first level spell once a day without using a spell slot. That's and so, very powerful. First of all, no way that's happening in combination with silvery bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, second of all, they were saying like it's the purpose of it is that you can play a non-magic character like a barbarian um, or a fighter or something. And you can still lore wise and mechanic wise, you can still fully participate and, and it makes sense that you're in the, in the college. You're a student. Okay. Yeah. 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 And in that setting, it, it mostly just levels the playing field because there's so much magic anyways. Right. Right. But outside of a strict saving campaign, and I don't ever plan to run this campaign. It's it sounds like the most boring thing in the world. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but if, if I, like, if I did, then yeah, totally. But, but I don't, I can't think of a situation where that feat I'd be okay with giving, um, that's just, that's, that's just a lot. Yeah. Especially giving to a non-magic or non-casting character. Yeah. There are already spells, uh, feats that do that. Um, but do they do that much? I, uh, I don't think so. I won't look it up because we're already yeah we're closing we're in on that thirty minute mark yeah um, <laughs> so um, but magic in this yeah I think basically does you can I think you can learn a cantrip and maybe a f- and I think a first level spell well I think um, magic initiate is I think the name of the as I thought the name of the um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's an, Magic Initiate is an older feat. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, Strixhaven Initiate is basically the same thing. It's just... Uh, it, script, script, Strixhaven Initiate just gives you Magic Initiate. So, but... Mm. Anyways, it's it's strong either way. I, I want to move on, but... Um, yeah. uh, Vortex Warp? I love teleportation spells. I... Uh, no. I freaking love vortex warp that's so 90 cool. feet and it increases uh, yeah. by 30 feet for each level above second yeah and it can be an it's i think it's specifically not you correct another yeah, creature you can another see another creature and it yeah. can choose to it can choose to fail mm-hmm. and it's just an item because oh dude that oh oh my goodness that's yeah. just that's just that me out man so that is so good. It's a second From level a spell. controller. Oh, I Goodness. love that spell. Okay, so I just I had to put that out there. That's crazy. I that's that's actually other than there was a specific piece of art that I wanted you to that I wanted you to look at with me, and I'll I'll get to that in half a second. But 
like there's other things like page 71 has a great frog race i'm always down for that mm. um oh yeah can always get down with a frog race but page 100 and let me see what the thing is so you can you can see it 184 it is the stat block for the archaic while i'm looking that up the uh the they're not subclasses here anymore but the different colleges the prismari and the quandrix so in uh in unearthed arcana each of those was a subclass that could be applied to different classes which i thought was a i thought that was such a cool idea yeah. That uh, the subclass would get the same features for no matter what class it's in, but it would interact differently with the class based on the class features that you got from like being a oh, sorcerer. Oh, see, yeah, see, that would druid. be cool. Yeah, that was such a cool idea. I'm, I just looked at the the colleges uh, here, and it's not that way. And I'm I'm really really kind of bummed that they didn't go with that. Yeah. Would you say you're disappointed? Because that's what I'm feeling. Uh, I would. I would say <laughs> I am. I feel very disappointed at that. Um, the uh, the whole thing with opposites with the school, like that's cool. Like that's cool. Mm. It's a it's yeah. a it's an interesting way to put a concept because they. One thing that I found interesting is in in a lot of games where magic, is a thing. Necromancy is usually like a very forbidden, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not at yeah. all the thing here. Like mm-hmm. necromancy is just part of the school. Yeah. And I dig that. Uh, and they just say openly like they will resurrect. Or they'll make they'll do necromancy to bring up uh, undead uh, uh, instructors to help teach the class, which oh, I thought was a pretty yeah. That's cool. That's a that's a cool flavor thing. Yeah, which is like a complete opposite of like, you know, you think of Harry Potter or you think of um, really any other. I just like necromancy is always like the forbidden art. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you find yeah. the art piece for archaic? Oh, we were just looking at the art. Yeah. That's, I mean, you like look at the look at the stat block. I that's mean, I know amazing. Yeah, that art. So well, yeah, I mean, it's a so brief. So brief thing on the archaic, uh, from what they kind of talk about in there. So five dragons started the school. Started Strixhaven. Uh-huh. The five dragons choose an oracle, and the oracle is like a very wise, like master and everything, um, mm-hmm. being. Once the archaic yeah. dies, their soul goes back to like the, the beginning of time as it's stated in uh like with the dragons and like uh fizzbands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then they like experience it and then they come back to the present time and they are now an archaic and an archaic Whoa. yeah and an archaic is either an oracle that has lived or an oracle that will live in the future because technically because of how t- because of the time like an oracle in the future still eventually had their soul go back in time and then and then the archaic was mm. just present after that ah uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Um, yeah, yeah. So either a past or past or future oracle, and so they're just they're masters of everything. Um, super wise. They talk in. They don't want to mess with time, and so when people ask them things, they talk in like riddles and and um, things like that, uh, so that they don't accidentally give away something that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they were describing it, I was like, okay, so it's like a it's like a medium size like thing. And then I saw the picture. I was like, "Are those trees <laughs> next to its ankle?" <laughs> yeah, and it's like um, sitting too. It's like squatting yeah. on the ground. Yeah, I. It looks sick. I love, I love like floating parts of, 
monsters, like or how they float separately yeah, from yeah, yeah. the monster. So yeah. that like that pearl orb. that's just like sitting in between those two forehead yeah. things. I dig that so much. I think it's sick. Yeah, I mean that's my so that's my general take on on Strike Save. And there are a couple things that you know I'm always <laughs> you you love combat. I'm always looking for different non-combat encounter situations mm-hmm. that are still interesting. Um, yeah. I'm always looking for that. Um, I've had more and more pl- like people that I've that I've run games for that actually um, combat is their least favorite part of it, and so um, hmm. just just you know being a part of those different experiences and wanting to stretch myself by catering to those yeah yeah and challenge myself so i super value the uh value those the rest of it it's you know it's a lot of cool super cool art um oh, yeah. and a and a story that is kind of meaningless to me so <laughs> yeah but dang man what a bummer we had these bands and then we had Strixhaven. yeah well and i i don't know if i actually stated it but the reason like so i have a i have a character that is a wizard and uh in my in the other campaign um and needless to say i pretty much was banking on Strixhaven being the source book that i needed to mm-hmm. basically have like a, a um a, a magic school and this gives mm. some concepts, but it's not a source book of like how to run um, a wizard school. Like in, I have a, I have a book in the in the pile over here that mm. it's a it's a um, it's a second edition, super old um, book, but it's all about oh, um, yeah, yeah. thieves and rogues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. in that book is a is like half the an exorbitant amount of the book is how to operate a thieves guild. That's so cool. And I was like, that is amazing. And I spent the wizard. Uh, there was one, there was another one. It's, it was a whole series of books Yeah. Uh-huh. for a second edition. And I bought this just off of um, Facebook marketplace or something. And it was part of a, part of a whole big thing that this guy had in his garage. Yeah. He didn't have the mm-hmm. wizard one and the wizard one was out of stock where I was trying to look for it. So I paid, <sighs> I paid a, a fair bit of money to try to get, get the wizard one. Thinking uh-huh. like, oh, dude, this thing's about to teach me how to make like a, a wizard, like a, a magic school. Nope. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, no. So then I saw Strixhaven. I thought that's what I was going to get. And I didn't. So uh-huh. that's why I'm disappointed. Gosh, dang, um, we are we are so I'm so disappointed in myself for how much time I took. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we absolutely have to end it there. Next uh, next episode uh, when it releases is going to be right around the holidays. And so we're going to be talking about um the games the the games that we've been playing we haven't really talked about that um much at all anytime recently um there's uh, been yeah, it's been like over a year since we talked yeah. about that on the show um there's been big changes you know uh big developments you know we've been we've been hopping onto some different stuff so yeah, for um, one of us for <laughs> okay <laughs> i've been doing some different stuff but uh but yeah so that's what we got thanks for uh thanks for listening all the way through thank you Remember, don't believe anything we say.